This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, RCMP in Prince George are warning about the dangers of sexual extortion. This after a 12-year-old boy in that community died by suicide. It happened in October. Investigators have since said that they believe his actions were in response to online sextortion. And that was according to an RCMP news release. At this point, police are still working to identify a suspect. Well, joining me now to talk more about this is Tiana Sharifi, CEO of the Exploitation Education Institute. Tiana, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for highlighting this issue. Well, it's just such a sad and and just a tragic story out of Prince George, but it is getting, um, or at least prompting conversations about sexual exploitation and how prevalent it is. And I understand that we've actually seen this type of extortion really increase in the past few years. We absolutely have um, for two different reasons. I mean, one being that since the pandemic, uh, kids relied on technology even more to connect and to belong. Um, and, and the second piece, unfortunately, is just these uh, criminal sex orders who are looking for financial gain and using child vulnerability, they're understanding that there's easier opportunities to do this online and targeting um, you know, young children and teens. I understand as well that not only are we seeing a big increase in this type of extortion, but using things like Snapchat and other platforms, and a lot of the victims are male. Yeah, absolutely. So what's really interesting is that, you know, we don't typically think of males as being victims of any kind of sexual exploitation. However, when it comes to sextortion and the rates that we're seeing, about 91% being males, the reason that's happening is because these sex orders are sexually predating in order to get financial gain. And so they're looking for the type of people that are going to have their guards down, that won't believe that they can be victimized, and that will experience a lot more shame than the average person. And so this is why they're targeting males, specifically young males. And is it the thought process then that they'll get that gain? And because of like what you talked about, the the perceived kind of blame or guilt or, or if someone is fearful and, and, and doesn't come forward, they get away with it because young people aren't talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of young people are very aware of it, but I think what we're not um, doing well enough as parents and, and teachers and counselors is really letting kids know that if it happens to you, because it is common if it happens to you that there is help. There are people that will not shame you. It's nothing that is your fault. Um, and, and really looking at giving them a proper understanding of what the consequences would be. Because a lot of these kids are fearful that, well, I'm going to get in trouble or, you know, what is it going to look like if I come forward? So we definitely need to open up that conversation much more. Uh, We've heard from the RCMP and uh, some advice, uh, and like you mentioned, parents being involved, but RCMP advising that uh, you stop the communication with blackmailers, that you don't give in to those demands. But that seems a lot easier said than done. 
Absolutely. And uh, again, this is where that conversation piece is important. So most of the time, and again, kids need to know this, most of the time, those threats are not real threats. And so it's not just stopping the communication altogether. It's not replying and then immediately reaching out and getting police involved, getting cyber tip involved in these investigators so that they can track that person and make sure that they don't follow through on the threat. What else can can parents or guardians and even classmates and friends look out for as far as if somebody is being uh, sextorted, if they if they are being uh, uh, extorted online, are there signs, things to look out for? Yeah, in terms of, um, you know, when, when kids or teens are experiencing extortion, if your child all of a sudden experiences an increase in anxiety, um, if they're seeming much more quiet, more in their room and isolated, I think that's an indication that there is something greater going on with us when we go into schools and kids come forward and, and disclose to us. Um, a lot of these kids have been holding on to something for quite a while And so you see those symptoms start to express themselves. And then in terms of what they can look out for when it comes to um, online, it's making sure that they know what is healthy versus unhealthy online behaviors by other people that they will connect with. And is it coming from parents or I I would think in a lot of cases, maybe parents have difficulty talking about this or are there other other types of support groups that kids or or younger people are more likely to to pay attention to or where they're going to feel more comfortable talking about this? Yeah, you know what? I think that we found that the kids feel more comfortable talking to whatever source is opening up the conversation with them. So parents can absolutely be a safe source. And I think that a part of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing this because I think that parents um, can pay, play a large role in eliminating this shame and fear that a child might have in coming forward. And so I think a lot of this is um, having very specific conversations with your kids around, again, the consequences, but also um what they can look out for and additionally making them know, and this is very counterintuitive, but letting them know that if it does happen to them, they're a victim and the consequence will not be to take their technology away altogether. Mm. Yeah. That, that does, that, that seems like a really important point because I would imagine that would be a big fear. It, yeah, it absolutely would be. And that's actually, it, it's interesting because, about, I would say, half of the kids that come forward to us, that's the reason why they haven't disclosed, is this worry that, well, if I say that I've been victimized and I did something that I shouldn't have done, then the consequence is taking away my technology, and I can't, I can't have that happen because it's my sense of connection and belonging and, you know, entertainment and, and those things. And so it is counterintuitive, um, but it's, it's letting them know your devices won't be taken away they won't be confiscated. But what we'll have to do is have more conversations about how to use them safely and put up better boundaries when it comes to using online. Very good advice. Tiana, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.